This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the latest edition of Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Wednesday, February 24th. This is the 4x5 episode. Four writers for five minutes each. And Steve Alexander's alarm tells us when the fun is over. We'll be joined by Steve, Ryan Knauss, Jared Johnson, and Raphael Johnson talking some rookies, some veteran big men, including the now free agent DeMarcus Cousins, and much more. All of that is coming up in just a second. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Right now we welcome in leadoff batter Ryan Knaus. Ryan, I'm starting the timer. What's up? Leadoff batter. I don't mind taking, you know, taking... A uh, hit by pitch for the team here, Matt. So whatever it's going to take me to get on base, get this thing going. You're a guy you can really plug into any of those spots in the order. It's nice. I mean, you can move a runner over with a bunt. You can you can knock in some runs if we need you to. Clutch. It's all about the team. Versatile. <laughs> all right. I wanted to talk to you about something very notable going on with DeMontis Sabonis. And I'm going to summarize it like this. His first 22 games, he's doing all the DeMontis Sabonis things, right? Around 22 points, 12 boards, 6 dimes, 1.03s. That all sounds right. And also, what sounds right to me is his 0.8 steals, 0.3 blocks during those first 22 games. The last seven games, though, you're still getting all those same numbers, except you're also getting 1.6 steals and 1.7 blocks. What is going on here, Ryan? Um, well, beyond the obvious, he's he's racking up top 10 fantasy value with, with all of these defensive stats. Now, where they came from, how he's suddenly become a... Two block, one and a half steel guy. I, I'm not sure. Um, honestly, having watched him play quite a bit for the past couple of years, he's never what he's never averaged more than 0.8 steals or 0.5 blocks before in his career. Uh, you love to see it, but that was that was kind of the knock against him and why he fell a little bit. Uh, his ADP was 48 in Yahoo leagues. So 
highly valued but not considered an early round guy because he was a little bit empty in the in the defensive stats. So if he's going to contribute those, forget it. You're talking about a guy who's a triple-double threat every time he takes the court. Um, and his centrality to the Pacers amazes me. He's up there with Nikola Jokic for touches per game. Uh, he's also leading the NBA in screen assists at 16.5 points created off screen assists. So uh, doing doing work there. The only other guy above 12.8 is Rudy Gobert. So just centrality. Yeah. <laughs> and, centrality. Uh, love love And if it. he's doing it all defensively, because you could forgive a guy, you're like, all right, he's doing everything constantly engaged offensively. Maybe he just needs to t- take a beat on the defensive end. But obviously he isn't. And all the all the dirty work he's doing as a rebounder, it's extremely impressive. And I think if you were to redraft fantasy leagues today, he'd probably be a top 25 guy. Yeah, I can't imagine those defensive numbers are going to last at anything close to this level, but enjoy it while it lasts, I I guess, for a guy who's already doing a lot of nice things for your fantasy squad. Another streak that I wanted to ask you about would be Jamal Murray's scoring. He started the season kind of just average for him. First 23 games, you know, around 18 points, four boards, four and a half assists. That's like kind of been Jamal Murray's recent numbers over the last couple of years, few years. However, his scoring numbers the last five games, he's gone 25, 25, 35, 50, and 30 points, shooting better than 60% from the field during that stretch, Ryan. Now, obviously, he won't stay this hot, but does this feel like a moment where Murray has kind of leveled up his season for the rest of the way or more of a random peak in an otherwise, uh, you know, 18, 19 point per game season? I'm going to go with uh, the level up option there simply because <laughs> always, was... always go with the level up option. Well, when it comes to Blue Arrow, I will. And he, he was hurt to begin the season. He said repeatedly, like, I'm just struggling to move. And to his credit, he played through it. He had a hip injury, ankle, shoulder. There might have been an elbow in there. Just do head, shoulder, knees, and toes. He was he was hurt. Uh, but he's back now, and we're, we're kind of seeing the guy that was so dominant in the postseason last year he, when he averaged 27 points, six and a half times, five boards with ridiculous efficiency, 50, 40, 90-ish shooting line in the postseason. Now, he, if you look at his February stats, he's almost at that level. So I think this is the talent of Jamal Murray, and now that he's healthy, we're seeing it shine through. You heard it from Ryan Knauss, Jamal Murray about to go full bubble on the rest of the league the rest of the way. Hopefully. Ryan, we've got about 50 seconds left. What do you you said another name to me? What was it? Oh, oh De'Aaron just Fox. Curious, yeah, how you how you feel about De'Aaron Fox, in particular his free throw percentage woes. He is, I think, bottom seven in weighted free throw percentage. He's just tanking the category. So how do you feel more high level about guards, you know, Rajon Rondo and his prime sort of thing, who will tank your free throw percentage. Do you ever draft them or do you draft them only in specific situations? I don't. I, I've become much more of a value percentages guy in my later years. Not that I'm that old, but you know what I mean? Is it is yeah. my fantasy basketball career has gone on? I, I kind of stay away from dangerous percentage guys. I love De'Aaron Fox, the player. That's just really the one knock on him fantasy wise. And you, I don't know if he forces you into a full punt, but it's not ideal closing thought give me your closing thought that's the alarm closing thought on De'Aaron Fox just that I wish I I had your clear-sighted view of of what's wrong with his fantasy game in my drafts because I have him in far too many leagues (laughs) all right well Ryan thanks as always for stopping by we'll see you back here on Friday when we'll talk about some more stuff maybe we'll expand the De'Aaron Fox the free throw guards free throw conversation a little more into something more coherent okay done 
Goodbye. See you. Right now, we welcome in Lemonade Aficionado, Steve Alexander. Got a big, big glass in front of him. Steve, what's up? Big jug, big jug of lemonade. <laughs> so, Matt, uh, longtime listener, first time caller. What do I do with Demarcus Cousins? Ah, uh, you have Demarcus Cousins in a bunch of leagues. Got him in a few. I mean, I picked him up because I have, you know, Christian Wood everywhere. I think you gotta wait and see what happens here if he's where he ends up in, yeah. if he ends up in a desirable situation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I want to pull know. the trigger and get somebody like you know Adam Schefter and I have a lot in common in that we don't like to wait around for guys. So I, a big part of me just wants to drop boogie, pick somebody up, and move forward with my life. I know. I probably more than you. Probably your entire being wants to do that. A lot of it does, and and you know he's we're still good. You know, five minutes after I found found out Boogie's being released, I'm still hanging in there. So we'll see where we are in two hours. Yeah, I think I think you got to wait and see. I mean, in the right situation, I don't know exactly what the right situation is, but in the right situation, there's there's, there's some fantasy value there. Yeah, yeah, uh, Matt. In, in all the hoopla over the last podcast we did, we kind of glossed over the fact that I, I turned in a winning golf score. I don't, did we, did we gloss over it though? I'm not so sure we did. I think we got it in right at the top. It, it well, we got it in, but it was, it was really kind of glossed over. Like, we didn't fact, talk about it. We didn't talk about it as long as you wanted to. With the that fact, I hit a, a huge, like 25 foot birdie putt for a net eagle that actually, no, I didn't technically win the thing. We tied. We were two two teams tied at 66. But yeah, the putter the putter paid off. So anyway, uh, was my Anthony Davis 15 game over under call before we got the notice that he was being shut down? Was that is that going to end up being pretty accurate? You think? Uh, it's showing. It's gained some momentum. It's gained some momentum. I, I'm not ready to call it. I'm not ready to call it accurate yet. Okay. But I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're turning in the right direction. Did you like? Um, uh, did you like Luca's free throw shooting on Monday night? I I did enjoy it. Well, I mean, look. I in the, in terms of our bet, I enjoyed it. He was two for nine, right? Yes, he made more three pointers than he did free throws. And I think I'm up against you. Do you have him in that league? I'm up against you in the in the last Roto World League. We're head to head mm, week. Yeah, I don't know if I have him in that one or not. Oh, or, or did you get sniped on Luca in that league? I don't feel like I have. I, I feel like I might have Steph Curry in that one. I'm not sure. I'm gonna find out right now. That's the thing. You right could right ask now. me about any of my teams, and I can't tell you any of my players. On I, I don't know until I click on the button and it pulls my team up. I'm like, oh, this team. You have Tatum. You do not have Luca. Mm. As you talk about the your regret from the other day when we had Adam Schefter on was not talking enough about golf. My regret was <laughs> that Adam said he took Vooch with his second round pick, one of my all time favorite fantasy players. I kind of missed the opportunity to get him to confirm that Nikola Vucevic is probably the most underrated fantasy player of modern times. I, I feel like that was a big whiff. Yeah, and I feel like maybe uh, if Adam ever agrees to do that again, we should really power into what he wants to talk about. Because he, I felt like Adam had his own list of things that he he was waiting for us to get into, and we were we just didn't know what he was going to want to talk about or what it was going to be like. But knowing how he is, I mean, he wants to talk about 
Like, let's just talk about the waiver wire, man. Like, let's yeah. just cover every single guy that's yeah. out there that I, that I might want to. Like, Justin Patton had three blocks last night. Let's talk about him. Uh, the yeah. Time Lord. Let's. It was just cool that he was really dialed into talking about kind of the kind of the guys that a lot of us are looking at picking up off the waiver wire. Yeah, he was ready to get into the weeds. And by the way, the Time Lord has been absolutely crushing it lately. And I've there was a reason the Time Lord up a lot. There was a blurb about how his minutes could increase later in the season. They've been intentionally keeping them in check for health reasons. So that is more than a little bit intriguing, Steve. Very much so. And after our little chat the other day about the Time Lord, I actually recorded one of those little one-minute videos for Yahoo about the Time Lord. And I also went and picked him up in several locations. No, 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 no. I'm worried about Gordon Hayward's hand. I'm very worried about Gordon Hayward's hand. I didn't like where they were looking at it on TV, right? Right in, where is it? Right in here. That makes me a little nervous. Okay. All right. Well, I guess that's I, it. I did enjoy that reaction when the alarm went off. It's starting to really, it's starting to really rattle you. In that it was a lot like McGruber when the, when the truck blew up. No, 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 no. Talk. Talk. You guys okay? Oh, Glorious. All right, Steve, we'll we'll see you back here on Friday. Man, I can't wait. Sounds good. Enjoy the lemonade. Thanks, man. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. All right, if you find yourself overwhelmed trying to manage your fantasy squads, check out our all-new League Sync tool. It pulls in all of your team and league info from Yahoo to tell you the best players on waivers, who to start, who to sit, and much more. You can get access to League Sync, our DFS tools, and betting tools by going to edge-plus.nbcsports.com. Enter code STU10 for 10% off any subscription. Hitting out of the third hole today, Jared Johnson. Jared, how are you, man? The third hole. Nice. The third, the three hole. I think I should have said. Okay. I did a, I did a whole leadoff hitter thing with Ryan. So, I like <laughs> a baseball analogy occasionally. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about Cat today. I was pretty firmly in the camp of you should try to get this guy off your roster as soon as possible, and then they fired Ryan Saunders, and I'm I'm still kind of in that camp but a little bit fading from it 
Because while there's still a lot of incentive for Minnesota to lose as many games as possible, they owe that pick to Golden State. It's top three protected. Top three protected is crazy, by the way. If it doesn't go to Golden State this season, it's unprotected next year. But I just feel like maybe with a new coach, there's a little bit more incentive for him to kind of play and figure out this new system. How do you feel about Cat? Uh, I would say apprehensive, but I don't know. He's been on. It's not like he's never been on a bad team before. It's not like he's old or something. So I feel like there's just as much of a chance that he just kind of guts it out, grinds it out on this bad team the rest of the way than there is that he shuts it down. Right. You know, and I guess that that's enough reason to be. Yeah. I mean, I just wouldn't get him off my team unless I'm getting back like a safer top 10 option and and what's weird to say because cat used to be the safe the safe first <laughs> yeah, guy definitely yeah i just don't totally trust that he's going to be there for you down the stretch and yes he did in the past but last season i don't think it's fair to say he was shut down he fractured his wrist but he did miss like a month in the middle of the year with a weird uh knee injury that they didn't really explain exactly what he was dealing with and just he's coming off like, let's be honest, the worst offseason ever that I think anyone has experienced. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, uh, I guess I'm, I'm marginally more on his side now, but still a little bit nervous. And it sounds like you're still a little bit nervous, but yeah, I mean, I didn't have any of my leagues. I do think like the change in leadership could potentially, you know, spark something in a good way. I, I don't think it could make. I mean, it could always make things worse, <laughs> but <laughs> it, it feels like at worst, it'll be status kind of status quo for his outlook. And at best, like you said, at least there's kind of a spark that maybe there there is some reason for him to maybe add an incentive, like you said. Yeah. I mean, he, he the, the new coach, Chris Finch, is saying some interesting things. He's basically saying he wants his offense to be as random as possible. And he basically wants Cat to do everything. So hey, that's uh, those are things you want to hear. That sounds interesting. Well, and I mean, yeah, just he he's playing well since he came back. Twenty two points, ten boards, three dimes, a steal, one point six blocks, hitting threes, shooting well. So like he's starting to look like his vintage self or getting closer to it. Nice, Mister Demarcus Cousins, who was waived today by Houston. He was actually kind of putting up pretty good numbers. Uh, but, you know, the Rockets were losing all of those games <laughs> while he was putting yeah. up good numbers. And uh, it, it was a struggle to watch him play defense. That's part of the reason why when both Boogie and Wood were healthy, they weren't sharing the floor because it was a it was a defensive issue with Boogie. Where's Boogie at? Where do you think he goes? If you have him anywhere, are you holding him? I'm I don't have a loss Steve, here. Steve was me about this before you came on quickly like what do i do can i can i drop he wants to drop him i was saying i don't think he should i think you got to see where he goes but yeah i haven't really thought about like what the destination could be is there a realistic spot for him where he could go and get 25 28 minutes a game have you thought about that well that's the thing is that there's like three centers on the market right now right arguably four or five so we have blake griffin's on the market we have andre drummond's on the market you could make a case that maybe, even though it's not been mentioned, Hassan Whiteside might be on the market, and then Kevin Love is probably on the market. That's a lot of guys, and uh, there's not a ton of teams with an obvious need at this position. Uh, maybe Brooklyn, 
but the Dallas salary, is a little thin. Dallas, Charlotte, is a thin. Charlotte's a little thin. And it was Charlotte. Uh, well, I'll just finish that's okay. This point. Finish it. With, yeah. With, with Charlotte, they have been a team that has been on my radar as a team that needs a center. But why would they trade for any of these guys with where they are? So uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we got very much information on Boogie, but I just, I guess I'm holding him to see where he winds up. But I really don't know where he's going to wind up. Or I think where I saw. Isn't there a Lakers up. room? Isn't there a Lakers rumor out there as well? Oh I, man. <laughs> I mean, I think you just, I think you just owe it to yourself if he's on your roster to wait at this point, because like the worst thing that happens is you 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 type a roster spot for another week or two. Well, the worst thing that happens is he ends up somewhere where he's getting minutes and produces for another person's fantasy team, and then you're kicking yourself for being impatient. I think that's the correct call. So I think just wait and see. Even if it's a little murky, I think let's just see. Uh, let's try to be patient. You know, It's a good quality to have sometimes. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jared. We'll see you back here next week. Yeah, no problem. Catch you later. He writes... The Rookie Report on NBC Sports Edge. Raphael Johnson is here to once again talk rookies. Raph, how are you? Doing well, yourself? I'm good. I'm good. I want to start by talking with you about a guy I feel like we haven't talked about, but you wrote about him in your last Rookie Report last week, Teo Maladon for the Thunder. In five games since coming back, he's just averaging 9.5 points, 3.5 boards, 3 dimes, 0.8 steals, 2.03s. Nothing that really, nothing explosive. Hasn't had that big breakout game recently. But it feels like he's a guy who could trend up quickly given his talent and opportunity. Do you agree with that? Like, how high are you on this guy? I'm very high on Maladon. First and foremost, like you said, the opportunity. George Hill is going to be out until about April with that thumb injury. And even then, the Thunder may be far enough out of the playoff conversation where they just look to continue to play Maladon starters' minutes. Um, playing with Shea Gilgis-Alexander, obviously he's not going to have the ball in his hands as much as you would expect from a point guard since Shea is one as well, and he's also their leading scoring option. But I think Maladon is going to have ample opportunities to pr- continue to produce I don't know how prolific of a score he'll be in terms of points, but that doesn't mean he can't get you other things in terms of assists, steals, and even some three-pointers too. Yeah, I, I'm high on him too, and I, and I think your analysis makes sense to me about the Shea Gilgis-Alexander thing. So we may not see him be a huge volume guy, but I'm hoping that you know the steals and threes make him a guy worth rostering moving forward, and he is available in a ton of leagues. Yeah. Isaac Okoro has had some interesting games lately. He's been a guy who has been playing a lot of minutes for the Cavs. you got to think that's going to continue. Now, we're talking before Tuesday night's game against Atlanta, so it's a little bit of a time trap. But what do you think of the progress we've seen from Okoro lately? There's still strides to be made as a shooter. The percentages aren't really where you'd want them to be. But you got to remember, he he doesn't have a whole lot of opportunities to showcase what he can potentially do as a shooter when you're playing alongside two ball-dominant guards who you kind of have to cover for defensively as well. So... That's going to be a bit of an issue. I think with him, you just kind of hope that that translates into defensive stats on a consistent basis. Hopefully, you'll get some good catch-and-shoot opportunities as time goes on. But I think right now, the big thing for Okoro and those who have him rostered, I think it's about 8% rostered right now. So it's not too many. But the big thing you really want to see is that defensive production on a nightly basis. Yeah, and he went, before Tuesday night, he went one steal, one block, two steals, one block, one steal, one block, three steals, zero blocks. So. Yeah. That's encouraging. And we've seen him do it. You know, he's been up and down, as you would expect mm-hmm. from a rookie. 
of his age. He just turned 20. So, yeah, yeah like you said, probably going to be turbulent, but he could also be a guy who really takes off later in the season. I, I get a little bit of a Mikel Bridges vibe here, just stats-wise. Yeah, I, I feel like this is what I was hoping for from Mikel Bridges as a rookie. <laughs> he he kind of delivered in stretches. Now we're finally seeing him put it mm-hmm. all together. So we may be a little early on a Coro, but you never know. I think that's a good way to put it because, you know, you're getting used to playing alongside guys who have to have the ball in their hands quite often. So early on, it's going to be kind of a struggle to get things done offensively. As that, that trust grows, maybe we'll get to see more from him. May not be this season, but I think next year could be one where he kind of takes off. All right. And I think the last guy we've got here, we talked about him a week or two ago. We were both a little uncertain about his consistency, if I remember correctly. Jay Sean Tate suddenly seems like we are seeing some consistency yeah. from him. The last nine games, double digits on seven occasions, puts him around 14 points, six boards, a couple assists. 1.3 steals, a three-pointer per game, shooting 58% during that run. What have you made of this recent progress from him? How impressed are you? I'm very impressed. You can't really read too much into the last week since the Rockets have only played twice um, because of the inclement weather down there, but he's a top 25 player in nine cat. If you would have told me that he would be capable of putting forth that type of week or even two-week stretch, I would have called you insane. He's been very good for them. He's obviously gained a, a, a high amount of trust from Steven Silas, and he's going to continue to get minutes for that team, um, given what he brings to them as a versatile kind of wing player who can defend, who can shoot, rebound. I think he's averaging about, what, six boards a game over the last, during his nine-game nine run. So he's been very good for them, and obviously his roster percentage has increased. We'll see how that goes. I think he can jump even higher. But I think there is a wild card kind of lurking here, too, for the Rockets and Jay Sean Tate. So quickly, as our as our timer dwindles down, you're confident that this fun will potentially continue for him even after Victor Oladipo is back? I think it can. And then, But the other thing is the, the Kevin Porter Jr. situation, too. Like, what happens with him once the G League bubble wraps up? Are they going to try to fit him into the rotation? I think you add him and Oladipo, then you get a little bit concerned about Tate. But right now, I'd kind of hop on that bandwagon while you still can. All right. Check out the Rookie Report on NBC Sports Edge every Thursday. Raf, thanks for taking the time. We will see you back here next week. Uh, yeah, sounds good. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks, man. All right. That is about going to do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a second to rate and review us as well. We'll be back here on Friday to talk some recent fantasy trends. We'll be back on Monday with the Waiver Wire podcast and then back Wednesday. You get it, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Thanks to Ryan, Steve, Jared, and Raph for taking the time. Thanks to all of you for listening. We will talk to you soon. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.